Hi there, welcome to CMDA Canada's Easter devotional series. My name is Larry Wirth, and today I'm pleased to introduce Dr. Margaret Cottle, who is a palliative care physician in Vancouver. Dr. Cottle uh, and, uh, and her husband uh, are very well known uh, to CMDA Canada members because of the work that they've done in student ministry uh, in Vancouver, uh, inviting the students to come into their homes for fellowship, and a meal uh, and a chance to get together um, for a number of years now. Uh, so uh, Robin uh, and Margaret, we really appreciate all that you've done for student ministry through the years in CMDA Canada. Today, we'll be joined by our musical special guest, Dr. Riley Chen Mack, who will be sharing his musical talents with us. Riley is a PGY1 in pediatrics at UBC. And if at any point during today's uh, devotional, you would like to ask for prayer, um, please just put it in the comment section on Facebook. And uh, we, uh, John Dykeman, our associate staff, uh, would be very happy to uh, collect those and to offer them up to the Lord at the end of the workshop. We're also very pleased to say that uh, all of these devotional series are leading up to a special presentation by Dr. David Stevens, who's the uh, former CEO of CMDA in the US. And Dr. Stevens will be giving us a presentation this Saturday, May 30th from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time on the topic sufficient courage. Uh, this is going to be really appropriate for us because he'll be sharing anecdotes from his life to demonstrate how the Lord can help us in even the most stressful and fearful situations, which is quite applicable to our current challenges with the Corona-19 epidemic. So um, sit back, relax, uh, enjoy the blessings that the Lord has to give you, and we thank you for joining us. God bless you. Welcome to the Wednesday devotional for the Christian Medical and Dental Association of Canada. My name is Dr. Margaret Cottle. I am a palliative care physician here in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I'm so glad you could join us today. Let's start by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today, we'll be exploring themes of strength and weakness the lion, and the lamb. I have written down my thoughts to try to keep my rather random self on track with the timing. In Luke 22, we read of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. These words stunned me as they were read into the darkness of our solemn, 
Maundy Thursday Tenebrae service a number of years ago. Luke, the physician, understood only too well. The disciples were not lazy or thoughtless. They were simply exhausted from sorrow. This often accurately describes me, especially in my work as a palliative care physician, but also as I contemplate the world in general. My own sorrows, coupled with my acute awareness of my many weaknesses, can easily leave me exhausted, just like that. Maybe this resonates with you too. And yet, I am struck by the fact that in the book of Revelation, in heaven, in perfect heaven, Jesus is described not only as the Lion of Judah, powerful and mighty as expected, but simultaneously as the Lamb who was slain, juxtaposing images of power and weakness, both considered essential in order to represent our Lord in all his fullness. Revelation 5 says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Apostle Paul, too, explores this mystery in his second letter to the believers in Corinth. But he, God, said to me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And he reminds them, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And to the Christians in Rome, Paul writes, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There is a famous line in Leonard Cohen's song, Anthem, that is often quoted. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. However, with all due respect to Mr. Cohen, I contend that this is exactly backwards. Instead of cracks allowing light in, the light of God's love that has already been poured out into our hearts is allowed to shine out through those cracks in our own jars of clay. The Lord uses our weaknesses for his own purposes, 
even to bless those around us. And Jesus, our Emmanuel, is with us. One of my favorite images in the midst of the darkness and uncertainty in this time of pandemic is from the book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader by C.S. Lewis. The company has willingly ventured into utter darkness in search of a missing night, and they are becoming increasingly terrified in the land where nightmares come true. Suddenly, a bright cruciform albatross appears and by its light leads the voyagers out of that harrowing darkness and to safety. As it passes, Lucy hears Aslan's voice whisper, Courage, dear heart. I believe that even today, for those who will hear, our Lord is whispering, Courage, dear hearts. We can count on our Lion of Judah to fight our battles. David understood this well. In Psalm 103, 14, he acknowledges his own state by saying, For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And Psalm 27 of David's has brought me a great deal of comfort at many times in my life, but especially during the past few months. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We know that we can count on the Lord to be our refuge and our strength, for he has gone before us through the veil of his own flesh in the power of his own perfect sacrifice and is now seated at the right hand of God Most High where he intercedes as our advocate every moment. English clergyman and poet Robert Herrick, who lived from 1591 to 1674, wrote an evocative poem about the crucifixion entitled, His Savior's Words Going to the Cross. The last three stanzas are particularly meaningful. I have updated the spellings just for clarity. Ah, Zion's daughters, do not fear. The cross, the cords, the nails, the spear, the myrrh, the gall, the vinegar. For Christ, your loving Savior, hath drunk up the wine of God's fierce wrath. Only there's left a little froth, less foretaste, than for to show what bitter cups had been your due, had he not drunk them up for you. It is literally impossible to imagine just how much tragedy, sorrow, and sin our Savior carried on our behalf there on the cross. Even in our grief and weakness, may we have hearts of deep gratitude that all that he has left for us is the little froth, less for taste than for to show 
What bitter cups had been our due had he not drunk them up for you? Perhaps being reminded of the cost of the gift of our redemption will actually heighten our joy, even in the triumph of heaven, as we worship Jesus, both our lion and our lamb. May we also be content to follow in our Lord's footsteps, resting in his courage and protection, and remembering his own example of strength in weakness. After all, that's how his light will get out and be shown to our world that needs it so desperately. Make no mistake, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. May as many as possible do so with adoration and with love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Please join me in thanking Dr. Riley Chen Mack for his wonderful recording of The Lion and the Lamb, written by Leland Mooring, Brian Mark Johnson, and Brenton Brown. Riley will be known to many of you as the very talented keyboard musician of our National Conference worship team. He is finishing his R1 year in pediatrics here at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Thank you so much, Riley, for blessing us with your gift of music. Declare his praise For who can stop the Lord Almighty Our God is the Lion The Lion of Judah He is roaring with power And fighting our battles And every knee will bow before him Our God is the Lamb The Lamb that was slain For the sins of the world blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb and every knee will bow before him the captives free for who can stop the Lord Almighty our God is the Lion the Lion of Judah he is roaring with power and fighting our battles and every knee will bow before him 
God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. And every knee will bow before Him. stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? For who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. Who can stop the Lord singing over the battle? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Stop the Lord Almighty, no one who can stop the Lord. Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He is roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb, and every knee will bow before Him. back everyone man i love that worship song i was just getting into it and then it was over but um uh, so great to have riley chen mack lead us in worship there uh, it's usually this time of year that i get to see riley and get to see margaret and the ubc band at our national conference sadly it's not happening this year but here we are that's a good consolation we're online together and with us we've got margaret so that's so great that you could join us margaret um Margaret, I really loved your devotional. Uh, you, you talked about a, a few really key important things for us, one of them being strength and weakness. And you referenced Jesus as the one who's revealed in Revelation as both that powerful lion, the head of the animal kingdom, the head of the universe, but also the gentle lamb, the one who was slain for the sins of the world. And in so doing, uh, in his slainness, that's what reconciled us to God. And, and so... Uh, those themes of strength and weakness are there. You also reference Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm just going to read that passage again just to remind us. Um, this is Paul speaking. He says that he boasts about his weakness uh, so that Christ's power may rest on him. For Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. And by the world standards, 
weakness is perceived as inferiority, being lesser than. But Paul is talking about something completely different. He's talking about boasting in his own weaknesses so that God's power, Christ's power may rest on him. And this all sounds so paradoxical, but I think it's so helpful for a culture in medicine and dentistry that wrestles with this issue of feeling like I've got to be on top of everything all the time. And uh, Margaret, you're here with us. And I know that you work with the students with your husband, Robin. And I'm wondering, have you touched on this subject maybe with your students before about strength and weakness and some of the challenges in, in the culture that they deal with? I think we all wrestle with it all the time. The uh, medical and dental school admission process sort of selects us out to be the obsessive, compulsive, perfectionistic, mostly firstborn people. And it, uh, you know, it's very hard to, to get away from that. And I had, I was always a little bit kind of sad about that and apologetic about it until one of my colleagues said, I want my doctor to be a little bit obsessive. <laughs> Oh, whatever medicine, go ahead. Yeah. I don't care what the diagnosis is. I want you to be paying attention to detail and ca caring about me enough to do that. So th that is really important that we do that. And for dentists that everything is just done just carefully. Um, surgeons, you know, Rob's an ophthalmologist working in very tiny, the tiny tolerances. But yeah. it, it's a two-edged sword, this perfectionism, because we can allow that, that perfection, the uh, search of perfection, search for perfection to get in the way of, of the good mm. and of what's possible. And mm. I think um, there's a, a, a late Christian writer named Brendan Manning who kept saying, um, I will not should on myself. And <laughs> I think we, we have a tendency to do that as, as Christian sort of recovering perfectionists a bit. And, he always encouraged us to say, I hope or I wish. And I think that's a really good way of looking at things. I, I, I wish that this could be this way, or I hope that I will be able to be this way. Mm. It's almost a little bit uh, like uh, St. Ignatius with his examination of conscience, where he's, he's asking God to show him through his sanctified imagination how things could be. And that, that's, that's the way that we need to, to look at these things, realizing that our search for perfection at a certain level has pride at its base. And yeah. when we see what Christ did for us and how little power we have, and I, I hope one of the things from this pandemic will be that we have had a bit of our illusion of control destroyed, mm. um, hopefully at least semi-permanently, um, that, that we will come to the place where we realize that the only strength we have is when we allow him to work through us. When mm. we accept that fact that we are cracked, we are jars of clay, mm. and that it's only by, by his power that, that we're able to bless those around us. Yeah, totally. Um, it's a paradox of the gospel, yeah, and uh, it it's is. a beautiful one. Yeah. And, and um, you had some other great uh, quotations from scripture there and I was thinking about uh, the poem that you shared from uh, Robert Herrick and those words just deeply touched me. Um, I was thinking about that reference to the, the froth that he says in the poem and, uh, and it's how God sort of allows us to have that little bit of pain and suffering or that little reminder 
of what Jesus endured for us on the cross. And, and it, what it is, it's, it's sort of like it's reframing the pain that we endure, that sometimes we get, you know, caught up in our own sorrows and, and why me or this sort of thing. But then when we can look at Jesus and, and what, what he went through on the cross, I was reminded of Hebrews chapter 12. It says, uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I just thought that that kind of went with the theme of what you're talking yeah. about there. But could you talk about the poem and what that, what that poem means to you? Yeah. Yes, I, I think um, even the beginning of that verse from Hebrews about how we need to you know, run with perseverance the race that he set out before us. And uh, that I remember hearing that poem for the first time at one of our Good Friday services. And I had a similar stunning moment that I had with the, the passage in Luke thinking, oh my word, when I think about the sorrows in my own life and how the Lord can see at any one moment the tragedies and the sorrows that are happening all over the world, not only just in our time, but throughout all time, and how the, the weight of that is, is is overwhelming to even start to think about. It's like thinking about the universe. (laughs) It's just so huge. And yet he was willing, he didn't have to, he was willing to come and carry that in the garden where he he willingly submitted to this and on the cross and all of those things that, that he was willing to do that. That what that points us to is the depth of the love that he had and the depth of the love that his father had to allow him for us to allow mm. him to do that. It, yeah. it, it boggles the mind. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite images in the Bible is the, the father of the prodigal son and how the prodigal son just only barely turns <laughs> and he thinks, well, maybe I can be just a servant in my father's house. And he, he's, kind of slinking home and the father is there watching and the moment he appears he's pounding down the path throwing his arms around him throwing a big party saying just celebrating and that's the kind of love that it took for Jesus to take that to the cross and I I think some of that froth that's there is there to help us to appreciate that and it also allows us to come alongside for each other mm. so that when we're experiencing that froth, which doesn't feel frothy to us, it feels hard. And it is mm. hard. Uh, yeah. There are really hard and sad things that happen in our lives. Mm. Uh, even some of the, the really things that, things that other people might feel are very trivial can be very deep for, for each of us. But what that means is we have the privilege of walking with each other in dark times, of coming alongside, of being uh, the incarnation, the, the God with skin on him for, for people around us. Yeah. Uh, it, I think that's been one of the hardest things in this pandemic for me has been to uh, actually have that 
not be able to go and be physically present with my patients and their families and with our loved ones. You know, it's just been so, that's been really hard. So um, we can do that. We can do that for each other. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't going to last forever. We're going to be able to be back together. And uh, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Amen. Amen. Margaret, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for the devotional. Really appreciate it. We're going to move. We're going to move now into a time of prayer. And uh, we've already had some prayer items that have come up. And uh, we want to remember those who are being directly affected by COVID-19. Uh, thinking in particular of those who maybe written a board exam and some delays with um, just the follow-up of that. And also want to remember our dentists who are in practice and maybe they've had to change uh, the protocols of the practice or had to close, those sort of things. We want to remember them. And uh, all kinds of residents who are writing exams too. Uh, maybe they're finishing up their residency. And, uh, and so we want to remember those people in prayer. And, uh, and, and we want to, as, as Margaret had alluded to in our devotional, just, uh, just be grateful for what God has done for us in Jesus Christ on that cross. And, uh, and so let's move into a time of prayer now. Father in heaven, uh, we are just so grateful. We're grateful for this devotional series. We're grateful for people like Margaret who have blessed our students for so many years of opening up um, their home to invite students in and uh, thank you for, for Riley Chen Mack and just his gifts that he lent to us today. Uh, Father, we are so grateful for all the ways in which you are working by the power of your spirit. Father, we think of uh, dentists who are directly affected by COVID-19 having to close practice or make significant changes and the stresses that go with that. Father, we want to lift them up to you. And we pray, Father, that through their suffering, through this trial, Father, they would Look at Jesus and what Jesus has undergone on the cross on our behalf. And may that be exactly what we need as we go through this struggle. Father, we think of uh, those who have written board exams and some of the processes that are involved with that, of uh, hopes um, for how things are going to go and delays because of this virus, Lord, this pandemic. And we pray for them, Lord, that you would bless this community. Uh, we think of students who are still writing exams. This is their last week for a lot of medical students. Dental students, they're still going for a little while yet. We lift them to you, Jesus. We pray your blessings upon them. And uh, for those in residency, Father, who have uh, maybe had things delayed or changed or whatever else because of this pandemic. And for those on the front lines too, Father, we lift them to you. This is... Um, uh, nowhere near over for many jurisdictions. And so, Father, we lift these people to you, your beloved, the ones that you went to the cross for, God. Uh, we lift them to you that they may find the consolation of your spirit um, just exactly where they are in this time of need. We pray, Jesus, that you might be glorified. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, wow, I can't believe that we are coming to an end for this devotional series. It's been my privilege to be with you every Wednesday at 12 noon uh, Eastern time. And um, I'm kind of sad that it's over because I've had a good time doing this. And I feel like we're just starting to get the hang of it. Um, big thanks to Larry Worthen, our executive director, for um, just making this thing go and uh, all that he does to, to make it go. Uh, big thanks to Stephanie Potter, who works behind the scenes 
Uh, we don't get to see her, but she's, uh, she's the communications manager and she's doing an amazing job just to make sure this video goes ahead as planned. Big thank you to our devotional leaders and our worship leaders. Uh, wow, what a, what a blessing to see the CMDA community come together coast to coast uh, and just share in the gifts that God has lent to you. And so we give thanks for that. Quick reminder of our AGM this Saturday, it's at 1 Eastern. Dr. Dave Stevens is sharing with us on the message of sufficient courage. And I know that you'll be blessed by his talk. He's a phenomenal speaker. And then we'll move into our AGM after his sharing with us. So that's one o'clock Eastern this Saturday. Sign up online, go to cmdacanada.org and you can register there for the, for the AGM and the talk. And uh, one last thing, if you've been blessed by this devotional, let us know. Um, right into office at cmdacanada.org. And we would love to hear how the Lord has been ministering to you through this devotional. And uh, we just want to hear those stories because they're an encouragement to us and to the wider community. And so uh, just before we go, receive this blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.